Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast. I'm your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn. <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Um, I'm a little behind on this particular article. I read it, but I didn't, at the time I read it, I didn't want to devote a podcast to it at the time, but... I looked over it again. I was like, "Yeah, let me uh, let me delve on this a little bit." So I'm recording this on September eighth, two thousand twenty. This article was posted August twenty second, twenty twenty, by <clears throat> excuse me, by Kate Taylor, and the title reads. And this is from uh, Business Insider. Uh, it says, change like Ruby Tuesday. Chains like Ruby Tuesday and Red Robins will never recover until indoor dining fully opens, reopens as restaurant closures loom. So <clears throat> the thing about this, but the thing about the headline that really caught me was Ruby Tuesday. Um, that's one of me and my wife's favorite uh restaurants the thing that i really really like about them and you can kind of tell uh just by what i say that i like you know just uh (laughs) where my mind is at but like they have like the best salad bar i've ever been to i'm not saying i'm a restaurant connoisseur by any stretch of the imagination but i've been to my fair share and by far ruby tuesday has the best salad bar uh layout um i've never been to red robins right but um i'm sure it's good right so it has four bullet points right so i'm gonna read out the four bullet well three bullet points excuse me i'm gonna read them off and like i'm gonna touch a little bit on the um the meat of it and you know we're just gonna we're gonna converse in between so it says casual dining change recovery is moving at a lumbering pace, according to a report released released by Gordon Haskett on Friday. So obviously, again, um, this article was published August 22nd, 2020. And again, I'm recording this September 8th, 2020. Right. So it says change like Red Robin and Ruby Tuesday sales are hindered by capacity limits, which will continue in most areas. Until there's a COVID-19 vaccine, Um, says the loss of an extra 600 in federal unemployment benefits and the disappearance of outdoor seating due to colder weather in some states will only make recovery more difficult in coming months. So one of the things that I've just I've just recently noticed, right, is that obviously I, I know I'm not the only one. Right. I know I'm not the only one because um, when I go to a restaurant, um, I've never, I've been to one restaurant, honestly, where I've actually uh, sat outside and and eaten before, right? And to be honest with you, the time that we, me and my wife went to go there and eat, it was in the springtime, but it was a draft, right like it was a like it was really unpleasant right and on top of that the food that we ordered 
at least I can't speak for her. I can speak for myself. The food that we ordered, I didn't really like the meal that I had. So I got, that's two strikes, right? And I can't say it's two strikes against the restaurant because I had the opportunity, I had the option to say, hey, I want to eat inside. And I also had the option to say, hey, I'm going to order something else, right? But just trying something new and it just happened to backfire, right? So that's that. But getting back to that, when I go to a restaurant, I'm not necessarily looking to see whether or not they have out, you know, outside dining, right? Um, one of me and my wife's, probably our second favorite restaurant is uh, Papa Do's and Ruby Tuesday would be third and Outback Steakhouse is number one, right? So the Outback Steakhouse that we go to, it doesn't have outdoor dining. Uh, Ruby Tuesday doesn't have outdoor dining. But Papa Do's, Papa Do's does have outdoor dining. But every time we've gone to Papa Do's, we've just eaten on the inside. It's just, I just like being on the inside, right? So, um, but more on that in a few minutes. So as we move down, uh, it says the stagnant recovery of change, such as the Cheesecake Factory, Applebee's, and Red Robin will be almost entirely driven by increased capacity limits in the coming months, according to a report released by Gordon Haskin. So, um, I've been to the Cheesecake Factory before, um, Applebee's, you know, things like that. In these places, you know, it's, 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 it's indoor dining, right? It's indoor dining. So, you know, basically what this is saying is, is that in a, in an era or in a time where you have to have reduced staff, um, you can't have as many people in a restaurant. You have to utilize alternatives. And the alternatives aren't necessarily going to help. Because I know certain people that just go to certain restaurants. All they do is just go to the bar. And depending on the type of drink you get, a drink can be just as much as a meal or as much as an appetizer. And so if a person orders four or five of those, you know, and it's it's a full seating around the bar, hey, irregardless of what the tables may make, y'all were able to get that liquor out of there, right? But obviously in a situation where more people are, where there's less people in there at the bar, there are less people in the restaurant, there are more people necessarily ordering food to go. And I don't really know if someone is just, they might, but I, I don't know if you're just ordering one of those special drinks to go home. So you're losing money there. So you're having liquor and stuff like that. So you have a built up inventory that has to sit. It kind of goes back just to get off on a little tangent. It's like when it initially hit the fuel and I was reading where it was talking about that in Northern states, which they mix their fuels more than in the South because in the South, it doesn't get as cold as it does in the North. And so they were just talking about that, hey, even getting into the, the spring and almost up to the summer, they still had winter fuel that hadn't been sold, obviously, because of the, the slowdown and the stoppage of work, right? So that was an issue. So um, <clears throat> moving on, it says, as, re as restaurants reach the limits 
of how much these new channels can bring in and the new channels, um, just to go back one sentence, it says most chains have already aggressively built outdoor seating, added restaurant partitions and boosted off premise sales. So obviously off premise sales and stuff like that, you can, um, you can the delivery, the DoorDash, the, um, Uber Eats, things like that. Um, I've seen places um, add outdoor seating and things like that. So to reread that initial statement, it says, as restaurants reach the limits of how much these new channels can bring in, chains only hope for full sales recovery. Their only hope for a full sales recovery is a COVID-19 vaccine, right? So um, we've seen the news. And the news says, hey, November 1st, be ready. November 1st. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. That's above my um, my level of expertise. Um, I don't know what to think. Um, it's a big war. I know that about uh, vaccines going on. So, you know, we'll see how that unfolds. But November 1st. So. Um, so this is analyst Jeff Farmer making these particular, um, three points. He says, these are three factors that will make recovery more difficult in the coming months. Uh, capacity limits on how many people can dine inside, which will continue in most states until there is a vaccine, widely available treatment or elimination of new cases, higher unemployment rates and the loss of the extra 600 in federal unemployment benefits, which helped boost restaurant sales early in the pandemic. So um, I think it was the start of last week, right? Or maybe it was the start of this. No, it wasn't the start of this week because <laughs> this is Monday. But I think it was the start or maybe the mid of last week where uh, they talked about that the U.S. added, I believe, 1.8 million jobs and uh, unemployment had dropped down to, it was 8%, which they stated was the first time since the pandemic hit that unemployment was in single digits. So. Kind of looking at the, which there are still some people um, who are still unemployed, who have not gone back to work, right? So mm, I don't necessarily think that the, the loss in the 600 will be that big of a factor if the unemployment level can continue to um, go down. But obviously, we still haven't got to the winter months yet, so you still have to take that in consideration. Like, it could come back and be a lot worse than it was um, at the first quarter of the year. Or it could just, you know, we could have developed herd immunity by the end. Whatever, you know, who knows. Um, And lastly, reduce flexibility around outdoor seating as the weather gets colder in the fall. Now, that is what I want to touch on. And another headline, it said, winter is coming, and that's bad news for casual dining chains. So... We can look at that two ways, right? Because obviously, we're already in a situation where in the winter months, no one's going to want to sit outside. That's for one. You're already working with the limited staff. That's for two, which means that you can't have as many people in the restaurant. That's for two. And obviously, seeing that... um, this virus, at least on the onset, 
was essentially driven by cooler temperatures, but it has essentially um, broken all of that. But we're still getting into flu season. So people may be a little bit more leery about being out and about once it gets colder and then the flu starts coming back up. So you got the flu mixed with this and then, hey, <laughs> ain't nobody trying to sit in the no one's trying to sit in the restaurant. No one's definitely trying to sit outside the restaurant. And if they want the restaurant, then it may get to a situation where they have to just, hey, deliver food. And so that's going to cut waiters and waitresses out, even cut bartenders and stuff out. And all you'll have is probably the manager and the staff that cooks and then, you know, DoorDash or whoever that comes out and, you know, delivers food to people. So, um, so this is, this was another interesting aspect of it. So it talked about, it went to talk about, um, New York. So it stated that the New York city hospitality allowance threatened to sue the city or state over the current indoor dining ban. So obviously they have a, a ban on indoor dining for New York city, not New York state. Right. So it says while the rest of the New York state allows for indoor dining at 50% capacity, restaurants in New York city have been banned from opening dining rooms. So, um, I'm only, I've only been to New York city, um, for work. Right. And it's tight. It's really tight up there. Uh, I've seen, um, just looking at maps, you know, some of the places that I see people talk about, uh, via social media, um, artists talk about it and lyrics and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, I see these particular places. So obviously, if you can't have dining, all you're all you're depending on is delivery services. And I'm already knowing that rent and rent taxes are extremely, extremely high in that place like that. In a, in a place like that, that. I mean, y'all are probably holding on by 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 thread by a very small margin. But obviously, we know at one point in time, New York City was the epicenter for uh, COVID, um, the COVID outbreak. Uh, so much so that they had the naval ship come to help assist and with you know help with the <clears throat> capacity of hospitals. So obviously, they really, really have to take you know, extreme, extreme measures to make sure that they're looking, they're, they're putting the best interest of their workers, um, essential workers, people that are in the hospital, making sure that they have their best interest in mind, even if it um, temporarily um, hurts some people, right? Um, so it says that experts know that reopening dining rooms at 50% capacity will not allow most restaurants to build sales to their pre-pandemic figures, right? So when I look at that, I see the word most. So when I see most, I automatically think about majority, right? So in a situation like this, the majority of the restaurants at 50% capacity, they're going to be out. And I spoke about this on a previous podcast. It's going to be a situation where individuals who have um, some cash laying around, you're gonna be able to get a deal on these on these buildings or or whatever the situation is. If if it's a situation where um, 
the business actually owns the area. You're gonna have to, you're gonna get a deal because they can't they can't they don't have the reserve to 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 hold on and to to demand the price that they want. So people are gonna come in. They're gonna get they're gonna get a deal. It's it's, it's gonna be um, a major change, a major shift, right? So um, the next point, which Obviously, this is a point that is probably one of the, if not the biggest point, is obviously we got to talk about safety, right? So um, to make the point, uh, John Gordon stated that reopening dining rooms also brings new costs and that could ultimately result in the restaurant losing money if it doesn't operate at full capacity. It says restaurants will have to invest in new safety features hire more employees to reopen dining rooms so right there this is like anything else right now um depending on certain places that we go to like i say i'm a truck driver owner operator and a lot of the shippers and receivers that i go to now um if they allow for you to come into the facility if you're not just talking to them outside the facility You'll see that they have um, hand sanitizer everywhere. You see that um, they're hiring outside um, businesses to come in and do more cleaning, right? So it gets to a situation where it's like, okay, if I'm not at full capacity, but I have to um, take what I am making, which I didn't budget for all of this hand sanitizer. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have it in the budget to have the cleaning person instead of coming by, um, maybe twice a week. Now you got to come around four times a week or maybe even five, or maybe you have to come around every single day now versus just coming in one day. You know, I have to take that in consideration, but I'm not making the same amount of money. All right. So, and then you say you have to hire more, um employees right so you you have to you know have more you know more people there so obviously that's that becomes a that becomes a hit one of the biggest things that i think is gonna have to you know is really gonna come out, out out of this obviously outside of the individuals um that are in position to to eat up these deals is just the way that <clears throat> people do business one of the things i've been noticing just to just to jump off subject, it's like car dealerships. And one of the questions I, I, be, I you know, I keep asking my wife is like, um, I know that they're not able to order the same or or you know end up buying the same amount of cars that they usually do to come back to the dealership due to the fact that hey, I can't you know we we there's no sense in us having a a full allotment of cars there because for one, a lot of people are unemployed. Um, for two, um, there's going to be less people coming in to get cars. So I'm going to have to cut down on my staff. So some of the individuals that I have, so, you know, all of that, you know, trickles down. So I'm sure it's, you know, automatically the same thing with restaurants. Right. So, um, moving down, uh, wrapping this article up, it says some chains have turned to outdoor dining as a potential solution with Red Robin building out building out patio seating in Texas Roadhouse, erecting tents and parking lots to seat customers outside. It says, however, with fall weather approaching, restaurants cannot rely on outdoor dining forever. 
So, um, <clears throat> again, in my passing, I've seen that, and I'm I'm glad I read this article because I didn't I didn't know what it was what they were doing the tents for. I thought they were just doing the tents, um, you know, if people wanted to you know make an order, but I didn't know that they actually were setting up tents um, for people that wanted to sit out in the parking lot and eat. Um, I think that's I mean, it's just me, man. You know, everyone has their own, you know, way of doing something. But to me, I'm not trying to sit in no parking lot and eat. <laughs> Especially, um, like, in the South, and the love bugs are out. So we got love bugs, you got flies, you got mosquitoes. I'm not trying to sit outside and eat, man. <laughs> I'm not sitting up underneath no tent, right? Because... Even before the fall and winter weather comes, we got to deal with the summer weather of, of flies and mosquitoes and things of that nature, especially if you're eating outside, which I don't know if they have a – um. and then if you think about it, if you're – just say, for instance, right, let's, 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 let's speak hypothetical. I don't know if this is happening because I haven't witnessed it, but maybe it is. Say, for instance, you're sitting outside, you're eating. It's like 6.37 o'clock, right? I feel like it's already an inconvenience to the waiter or waitress to have to go inside or, or continue to walk around with the jug to fill up uh, my cup. Um, if you got the big lights up outside, we got a whole bunch of bugs that are attracted to light around. So, I mean, it just, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. I'm not even thinking about when it gets cold. I'm thinking about current conditions. And, it's, and depending on where you are, you got. We got wasp flying around, uh, yellow jackets. If if um, which, depending on what part of the world you're in, some people may just have a different name for they may call them hornets, but now we call them yellow jackets, right? So, if you're in a different part of the world or if you're in another country, um, just look it up and whatever the 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 name for it is in your area, it's that's what it is, right? So, um. So, yeah, man, I'm just thinking about that. Like, And those are things that you have to worry about uh, under normal circumstances, pre-COVID. You know, you have to worry about flies flying around and stuff like that. You might have to worry about a fly being in a restaurant. But, you know, now, you get, like I said, you got the love bugs and stuff, which when hurricanes come, they, like, they pull up. <laughs> Annoying, just pull up, right? So, uh, and this is the last part of the uh article we're wrapping it up uh, i say some chains have already been forced to close locations during the pandemic uh tgi fridays could close up to 20 percent of its u.s restaurants and ruby tuesday has quietly shuttered more than 150 restaurants since january uh california pizza kitchen said in its bankruptcy filing it has already closed a number of locations in recent months um never heard of california pizza company maybe it's a california place never heard of it right um robert ratted um he's a an attorney who specializes in bankruptcy he says get a vaccine it'll turn around without a vaccine you have more closures winter is coming right so one of the things i know about <clears throat> restaurants is at least for me around a lot of areas that i'm at uh, a lot of people like to cook and people look at a restaurant and say, hey, you know, I know how to cook. So let me open a restaurant and a 
a restaurant has one of the has the highest failure rate out of any business. So not only are you getting into a business that has a high, high failure rate, you're having to start this business in 2020. And now you have to adjust, especially if you're a lone um, person, just a, just a, a sole proprietor. You don't necessarily you, you don't necessarily have the funding of a major restaurant chain in which you can go and say, hey, all right, all right, cool. I got fifty, sixty thousand dollars. We're gonna build a an entire outside patio, you know, with music and all of the amenities and add all the safety protocol and stuff like that. You you know, you don't have that. So but also at the same time, um depending on the equipment that you're using, um, you might not have as much overhead, but then again, you might, but let's just say you might not, you don't have as much overhead. So you can handle um, people doing delivery and stuff like that, right? You might can do that. But it's, I mean, it's it's an unfortunate situation for um, restaurant goers as well as people who own restaurants because I know, just like a lot of other things that uh, people do, like going to, you know, watching sports and stuff like that. Those are things that people use to cope with a lot of stuff. And like I said, there'd be instances in which individuals, they just go to a restaurant just to sit at the bar. You know, they fresh off work. If anybody knows the old blues song by Mill Waiters, um, got my whiskey. You know, it's Friday night. <laughs> I feel like getting it on, right? So, I mean, that's that's how some people feel. Like, hey, it's Friday night. I want to go to the bar. I don't want to be at home. I'm putting my best clothes on. We'll go to the bar, hang with my friends, um, and that's what we're going to do. But uh, we can't do it, right? Because we already know that since this has started, you know, there's been a spike in domestic violence has been a spike in suicide and stuff like this. So we really see how um, these things have worked as coping mechanisms for a lot of people and a lot of things. And since that mechanism is gone, people have to essentially like, oh, man, I got to come up with something else now, right? I, my, my thing was on Fridays, we're going to the restaurant. Saturday, we may go out. Uh, ride four wheels or get on a boat or ride jet skis or something like that, you know. So it's 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 forcing people to to create new ways to to deal with things, right? So that's just how how that goes. But <clears throat> podcast lasts a little bit longer than I thought it would, right? I guess I talk a lot, <laughs> but um, that's another episode of Paradigm One Thirty Two podcast. I'll be back to you again next week. Peace.